The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Kia ora tātou and thanks very much for joining me for another episode of Climate Matters. I'm Lindsay Wood from climate strategy company Resilience Limited and Climate Matters is brought to you by Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. Fresh FM broadcasts in Blenheim on 88.9, to Geeston Golden Bay on 95.0, to the Nelson CBD on 107.2, and across the Nelson Tasman region on 104.8. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net, and podcasts of Climate Matters and of other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net and through the accessmedia.nz app. Well, this uh, this episode of Climate Matters is chancing looking a little bit silly because we're going to cover Climate Matters number 102, and it was the last episode to come out, or last issue to come out, before the election. So, of course, at the time of writing it, I didn't know the results, but at the time you're listening to this, you'll know them only too well. So, at the risk of seeming a little bit silly, here's what we're going to cover um, it's essentially headed up. Election challenges are for voters, not for politicians. And the topics we're going to cover are what do we most want for our grandchildren? And vote for climate action. That's an organization. Vote for climate action policy assessment of the different climate policies. And then where is true innovation when we most need it? Under serious, well, they're all serious, but a serious one about scientists everywhere calling for strong climate politics. And then a bit of a jump aside from the election, a further announcement on trucking towards a better future competition. Listeners a couple of weeks ago will have heard a stop press item on that, but uh, this time round we're actually covering the issuing of it in the Climate Matters hard copy that went out. So anyway, here we go. Let's get into Climate Matters number 102. As I said, it's headed up This election is a challenge for voters, not for politicians. And my little editorial comment was, it defies belief that, as the country reels in flood after flood, as Antarctic scientists are so alarmed they hold yet another emergency meeting, political parties push climate-damaging strategies, the media revels in nonsensical gladiatorial debates, and there is minimal talk of what we are really dealing with. So uh, that gives you a fair sense of where I'm coming from. We have a quiz in that issue, which probably deserves a little bit of that lightning, if you call this lightning. And the quiz is, what is meant by heatflation? Heatflation. It might well be what you think it is intuitively, but we'll leave you to uh, suss that out, and I'll come back to the answer at the end. So here we are, the real question for voters, what do we most want for our grandchildren? If the answer is something like, quotes, the ability to live in a thriving community that also promises well for their mokapuna, close quotes, then the absolute top priority must be to choose a government that optimizes effective climate action. Amazingly, and I found alarmingly, only the Green Party and Te Party Māori offer that chance. That's incredible. Two minor parties are our best bet. 
For climate to have a necessarily strong voice will require one of them, or both, having real clout in a Labour-led government. Any other combination will needlessly compromise the well-being of our grandchildren and their grandchildren. And you may remember last um, episode of Climate Matters, I quoted uh, Professor Rafe Chapman saying that he could well envisage one outcome of the election where we had a government that made no progress at all on climate. I hope he's proven wrong, but you will know as you listen to this, and I won't as I'm recording this. We now come to a quote, and it was a quote from Professor Michael Mann. Jesse Mulligan on RNZ had a great interview with uh, with Professor Mann, and I took down this note of what he said, and there'll be a link to the interview on the uh, on the Fresh FM Climate Matters webpage. Here's what Michael Mann had to say. We do have agency. We can take the actions necessary, but only if we elect politicians, policymakers, and governments who are willing to do what's necessary. I'm interested to see whether that where we landed in that uh, that situation after the elections. I mentioned the organization Vote for Climate Action, and my heading is that they have the right combo, that's a combo of parties, but they let Labour off too lightly. Vote for Climate Action gives a succinct summary of climate policy, and again, we'll give the link there, even though it'll be a bit past its used by date by the time you get it. They have a succinct summary of climate policy and gets the party combination right for climate action. However, labelling Labour, quotes, good, close quotes, flatters them when they have come up so short on many climate policies and even try to out-highway national. And for your information, their rating was Te Party Māori was best along with the Green Party. They were first equal. They rated Labour Party good, and they were the combination that was the best for climate. The worst for climate, no surprises, New Zealand First, National Party, and Act. New Zealand First was labelled bad, National was labelled worse, and Act was labelled worst. So that's probably no surprises in there for you. Where is true innovation when we need it most? The Productivity Commission did a major report called Low Emissions Economy. That was four or five years ago, I think 2018, and it told us that innovation was the nearest we have to a silver bullet in the quest to decarbonize our economy. There will be a link to that if you're interested. That is a more of a timeless document. However, Nationals policies are stuck in last century's GDP growth dogma. Acts are even less creative, and New Zealand First is spreading climate misinformation as the media might have highlighted if you heard them this week. Um, I'm recording this on the 4th of October. The media is stuck too, pushing personality politics. I'm quite critical of all this leaders' debates and things. They're just really trying to make uh, entertainment out of something that is far too serious for that. And I also refer to it as a gladiatorial contest. I wish they'd ask the question of each leader, what will you do to be able to work more collaboratively with the other party? But they instead they were thrown with questions that were more divisive than that. Anyway, um, 
having said that, the media is stuck too, pushing personality politics and often failing to give informed commentary on ridiculous claims by politicians and others. In fairness, they did sometimes pick up the uh, the politicians that were way out, and Winston Peters being one, and also the leaders saying, well, climate change was really about recycling, which is, of course, a, a load of rubbish, well, or a load of not rubbish, depending on how you take the word. And that leaves us, the voters, folks. So if, if that is, if I've said, look, the politicians are out and the media's out, that the, the, the buck stops with us, the voters. How innovative will we be? Well, at the point of writing this, I'd pretty well decided to vote Te Party Māori. And that surprised me as well as most of the friends I have. And the reason I did that was that I'm normally a, a party vote green person. That won't surprise you. The Green Party is going to get into government, well, into parliament anyway. They will have all the numbers they need to, to get both list and hopefully electorate candidates in. But Te Party Māori might not have. It might be more marginal, and therefore I thought that a, a party vote for Te Party Māori might get them across the line, when uh, and that might in turn tip the balance on the whole seat allocation in parliament. Um, I can't say at this point that that's definitely how my vote will go. I want to do a little bit more research on it first. But the point about that is it should in turn also raise the chances of the Green Party having a strong voice in Parliament at the same time. Okay, scientists and scientists and scientists call for strong climate policies. I've mentioned Professor Michael Mann before I quoted from him. But he told Radio New Zealand listeners that they have to get the government right with climate politics. Last night, this, is, this would have been on the 3rd of October, I listened to a panel discussion from Antarctic's experts who had met for, the, I think it's the seventh time this year, an emergency meeting because they are so alarmed at what is happening in the Antarctic. And they, along with 50 others, so this is a total of 50, released a public statement calling for a government that is strong on climate. I've mentioned James Renwick and Joely Gerges before and their books, and Michael Mann, who I've just mentioned. Each of them has published a book this year, and I can guarantee to you they haven't done it because they want to make a lot of money out of it. They will have done it because they know better than most how damned important all of this stuff is, and they're doing everything they can to get us to understand it better. In the audience of the panel discussion was Professor Peter Barrett, who's a, um, a well-known um, person in the climate area. He was very actively involved in the film Onto Thin Ice. Um, and he was in the audience, and he made the point that strong scientific messages get terribly diluted as they progressively get relayed and translated into politicians' lingo. And that's one of the reasons the politicians fall so well short. So the message there is vote climate, if you take the lead that I'm giving you here. And the lead, of course, is vote Labour for electorate candidates, unless you're in a seat where there's a strong Green Party candidate, and vote party vote Green or party vote Te Party Māori. Now, jumping away from politics, calling all truckers 2023 for trucking towards a better future, go competition goes global. Yay, the TTABF competition 
is underway again. And this time it's running until mid-November. So listeners, if you know someone who is involved with driving a truck, then do let them know about this. There's there's $7,500 worth of prize money. It's a pretty interesting competition. New Zealand Trucking Radio 24-7 has regular bits on it, and I'll give you a link in a minute. The other thing is, this is the third year of the competition, and for the first year, it's expanded outside New Zealand. We've worked in with the magazines run by Focus on Transport, a South African publisher, and they've joined with Resilience, my firm, and with New Zealand Trucking Media to expand what I've said, and it might well be the world's largest climate think tank. That's quite something, isn't it? But if you think in New Zealand we've got 20,000 truckies daily tracking our roads, and um, I don't know how many there are in South Africa, but let's say three times that, if we get even half of them, that's 40,000 good brains thinking about the climate, that's a pretty decent think tank. I can't wait to see what answers they come up with and ideas they come up with. We recognize that truckies they see into every corner of our world. It doesn't matter whether it's on a farm or into the, the the warehouse of a clothing shop. They see in there, they see things on the road. They've got time to think. So they're also working in a, hard, a sector that's incredibly hard to decarbonize. So I'm a great believer in people at the coalface offering good thoughts. So let's see if we can tap into the IP of an entire industry again and the quest to help tackle the confounded climate emergency we've created. So a link will go to that. And just in case cynics are wondering that I'm known to be rubbishing more highways, and yet I'm saying, hey, here's a thing for truckies. Let's just be clear. I've written a footnote footnote in Climate Matters. For cynics who can't reconcile this, that's my interest in the trucking industry, with my rubbishing more highways policy, trucks deserve better roads but the push for more roads is from single occupancy cars. We spend a fortune expanding roads so more people can drive alone in their cars. That is stupid at the best of times, especially in a climate emergency. Okay, we'll give you, we've got a cartoon up there, and the cartoon is uh, two people standing on a cloud inside the pearly gates to heaven. One is obviously a new arrival, and the other I'm imagining is St. Peter. And the new arrivals got his feet, bare feet on the clouds and saying, oh, underfloor heating. And St. Peter has a bit of a sober look on his face and he says, global warming. So that's the joke. And the quiz question you may recall, oh, no, I've got a hot tip for you too. No surprises and it's too late for you to follow this. Have a guess. Vote for your grandkids, grandkids and vote for the climate. And then the answer to the quiz question, what is heatflation? Heatflation is higher food prices due to increased heat causing poorer harvests. So heatflation, higher food prices due to increased heat causing poorer harvests. So on that note, we're going to finish up now. I thank you very much for your company. I do hope I have it again next week when we will probably be getting into post-election mode, which, of course, I can't do with this episode. All the best and kia kaha for the climate.
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.